everyone. Welcome to the New Heart Church Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you invest and listen to this message, that your life is going to move forward. So get ready for an incredible message. To see the kingdom of heaven on the earth um, is just the greatest honor. Getting to be in this house is the greatest honor and worth every bit of it. Um, I was thinking of, um, I love soccer with a passion. Um, have not played in a hot minute, um, but still think I'm very good. Um, and for about 10 minutes, I can still beat any team, um, basically because I'll just go really intense and they won't. Um, but I was never really, really exceptional at the skills, um, but um, I was really exceptional at intensity <laughs> um, and at never giving up, and I would not let the ball get in the goal. I played defense, um, and I, w- I was called a bruiser. I would just throw my body at every single person um, and knock them over fully legally, but I could knock anybody over just by full dead sprint, body slam, get the ball, get it out. Um, and um, I never sat the bench. Um, I wasn't on a huge team or anything like that, but there was a bench. I was never on it, and it wasn't because it never occurred to me that I would be put on the bench. That wasn't a spot for me. That was never one time I got put there because I think I was sick, and I literally stood next to my coach asking when he could put me back in um, because the bench was not my home, um, and I, it just wasn't. It never occurred to me that people played half games. You only play the whole game. Um, like, that does not make sense. Um, and it wasn't my skill. It's just my brain. And I guess my coach just knew it because I was never off the field. Um, but I was thinking about um, in when you are in ministry or when you're in um, serving God, um, how often you think you deserve the bench for a portion of the game um, or, or how much um, you expect to still have energy left after the game. Like, if I could still walk to the car normally, it was a fail. Um, like, if I did not have to be like half dragged to the car and like barely drape myself across the seat, like something was wrong and I'd play wrong. Um, and I've been astounded. I'm gonna speak pretty frankly. I have plenty of things to work on. But something that, and I hope this is heard so lovingly, that I am astounded by regularly is when people think that they're tired and they think that that means they're doing something wrong. Like, I'm shocked. Um, The whole point, the whole point is for me to be tired at the end of the game. Like on a Sunday, if I don't go home feeling like I gave it all, then like how, what did I do? The whole point of what's inside of me is to be poured out. Um, I'm not the source, I'm not the river, I'm a vessel. The vessel never worries if there's more water. Um, There's more water. Now, of course, like what I'm not saying, I didn't play six games back to back, y'all. Like, like I knew how to like rest, recharge, eat good food, sleep before a game. Like there's, there's a way as an athlete and I'm, I'm, bare minimum athlete, like bare minimum athlete. My brother like played college soccer, went semi-professional, like he actually is an athlete, Um, like bare minimum athlete for me right here. But I knew enough to like rest up before the game, eat well, knew what to do afterwards. But um, I did expect like the whole point when you like play anything is to pour it all out um, and to have nothing left. And your coach was gonna get on to you if you had something left at the end of the game. Um, And I think it's interesting that like we allow a coach, we're not paid. We're not like when you play a sport, you're not paid. You're not like getting anything out of it. And And you let that coach get you. 
Like, you want them to get you. Like, like, if I'm not playing right, you take me off. You tell me, like, Courtney, you're not playing right. Like, I need you to hit it like this. You're not seeing the rest. You're being selfish here. What's going on with you? You're playing that person. Don't let that person get inside your head. Play the game. Like, you want people to get in there with you. And they mess with every part of it. Like, what are you eating? Did you drink soda beforehand? What would you do? Like, every bit of it. You let that coach get in there with you. Um, so, like, I was just feeling, like, for this team and for how we teach people and, like, and for beyond that, for, for us to care for the people and then to duplicate, because we got to duplicate fast now, y'all. Like, we got to care enough to be coaches and we got to care enough to be coached. Uh, we got to let people get in there with us um, to fix our eyes on the realities of heaven. So, like, when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, like, I played so hard for a private school game, and I had a class of 60 people. Like, it was not, it's Atlantic Shores Christian School, not that many people knew about it. I loved it. Go Seahawks. But, um, <laughs> Seahawks for life. Um, but it wasn't, like, it didn't do anything from, for the future. This is what we're doing for the future. And so, like, to make sure we can't be apologetic when someone's like, I'm really tired. Like, that doesn't mean you'd be like, you suck it up, get in the game. Don't, I might, but you don't. Um, like, but we do need to be like, hey, I'm so sorry. You need to get some rest. But, but also, like, do you know what you're a part of? Because, like, last night, guys, I was so inspired. I had to share this. This is probably better than anything I can share from here. Um, last night. And I got to come up and serve with the girls' team. Shout out Shay for the best girls' team of all time. They were fabulous. Those women were coming from all over the place and worked all kinds of days. Um, and Jackie Rothline will forever be inspiration to my soul. She got home at, we were just chatting, washing dishes. She got home at 8. She fed her, like, she was like, Mike's on calls. Um, and he's probably going to be on calls till 1 a.m. Um, she goes, I know he needs to be here. He's had a week, we've had a week. Um, like, in work, in life, like, all of it. He needs to be here tomorrow night. And so I was like, I need to go and prepare his way. She came to come prepare her husband's way. Um, and so she was like, I was going to prepare the space because I want him to come and receive. And he'll be up till 1 a.m. probably at least on calls tonight. So I came home through, 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 through food. Yeah. At the kids. Um, got them into bed. And then wanted to come up here and, um, and just serve because I know he needs to be in the room. Um, and I was just thinking, I was like, she got off at 8. Like she had a crazy day. And she, like, came to give, to give a little bit more. She had a little bit more. Um, that's the kind of, it's like those moments, it's not our talent. It's not our talent that's going to do anything. Um, it, it can't. It's sacrifice washing dishes that no one will know about. No guy is going to know. Jackie Rothline wa washed the cups. Like, no one's going to know that. Most of the time, they think it's people who have all the time in the world. Can I tell you, the people who serve the most are the people who probably have the least amount of time. And the people who have the most time are the ones that are like, ooh, I don't have space in my day for that. But it's the people who actually, like, work their tail off and are also like, but I want to be a part of something that moves. I worked all day, but I want to be a part of something that changes lives and that recognize the why behind it. Um, and, and so we have to fix our eyes on the realities of heaven, um, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Um, I was thinking of Noah, who was given um, a blueprint for a boat and had never seen it and just kept building, regardless of what people said, and never strayed. I was thinking of Abraham, who left the place, a civilization, where he had everything and walked into the wilderness to see what God had promised for him. I was thinking of Moses, who left 
Egypt, Pharaoh, like every, the greatest civilization of the time and every commodity, and walked into the wilderness and believed that there could be an entire country ruled by God with no king. Y'all, that, that kind of direct connection is nuts and had never been seen before. I was thinking of Jesus the Messiah, that like nothing that he did had been seen before. No one expected him to come the way that he came. No one expected what he did. No one expected the church. The church of Jesus Christ, the 12 disciples that he sent, and then the 72, they were seeing what couldn't be seen. There was nothing like the church. There was nothing like what we have today. They saw us through Jesus before there was anything but 12 of them by a cross. Like, I want that kind of vision. Faith is heaven vision. Faith is only seeing around you, every circumstance, every person, through the eyes of heaven and not through our eyes or our experience and not allowing a feeling to shake what we see is coming and not allowing tiredness to shake our commitment. Um, there is nothing that compares to him and his plan. Faith is vision for heaven. And then a little bit, so that's Colossians 3, um, 1. Later on, I mean, the verse is like, I need practical, clearly, um, or I don't catch anything. But he said, set your sights on the realities of heaven. I'm like, this is the most beautiful verse, and I can get stuck in poetry for a minute. But, um, but then later in Colossians, the whole thing pretty much, but Colossians 3, 12 through 17, he gives us some specifics, um, and I wanted to touch on those like really fast. Um, Colossians 3, 12 through 17. So, chosen by God for this new life of love. And we're going to go real slow. So, chosen by God. We're going to go fast but slow. <laughs> chosen by God for this new life of love. Chosen by God for this new life of love. We have to, to fix our eyes on the realities of heaven, we have to realize we were the ones chosen to bring it to earth. We're the ones trusted. I remember leaning over Rory's crib after I just had her and hearing God say, I trust you. And I had expected to say it. It was almost like he said it right before I was praying it. I was about to tell him, like, I trust you with her. And I heard God say, I trust you. And I was thinking the responsibility and the immensity of what he trusted me with. Um, and that he's trusted us with this house. And the way God works isn't really like what I thought when I was a kid. I thought he was going to do a lot for me. And he has. He has. He can't, I can't outgive or outserve God. But... He trusts me with something as precious as a child, and I'll tell you what, that's a lot of work. Um, but I'm grateful for every minute. It's shaped me, it's changed me, it's made me who I'm supposed to be. God has trusted us with this house and with people. He trusts us with you, you speaking into them. You praying and saying, God, use me, and then you speak. He's trusting you with you rallying a few girls to go help somebody move into a house. I don't really have the experience, but I know how to help you seek Jesus. And I know how to help you stay planted. And I know how to help you build community. Know, like, when you feel the most inadequate, remember what you do know, and that most of the time, that's all they need to know. So, chosen by God. I, I, am, I am saddened, I'm devastated, and I'm so done with Christians who are waiting still to realize they're chosen. Like, if you're in the room, stop waiting for someone else to be in the room. You're in the room. Do your best, make a mess, clean it up later. Like, you are the one that's chosen. We need more Christians to stand up. And if you're listening, I don't know if we're recording, but if you're listening, you are the one. Stop waiting for the invite. You're the one with the invite. Stop waiting for someone to come to the table. You're at the table. 
Like, stop waiting for someone to say, I want to be your friend. You're the one everyone wants to be your friend. There is no more waiting. There is no more inside. You are the inside. There's no ladder to climb. He is everything. He is the center. There's no closer to him that you can ever get. And he's the center of it all. There's nothing that you need that's not with him. You have been chosen. Like, think of what he told the oldest son in the story of the prodigal son. When he was like, you didn't even give me a goat. Like, I don't know why you'd ever want a goat. But (laughs) you didn't even give me a goat. And he says, like, and he says, like, everything I have is yours. Everything. We have Christians who are waiting to know that they're chosen. Just, you're chosen, you're loved. And it's from that place that we step out and say, okay, I've got this in my hand. Take this chosen. I bring something no one else can bring. And if you're chosen, there's a weight because God Almighty chose you. So when you walk into a room, there is a weight of glory that you carry. And so carry the weight. You were made for it. I bring something no one else can bring. I bring heaven because he believes I can do it. Um, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Um, when you're a kid, your parents pick out your clothes sometimes. Um, but, like, when Rory picks out her clothes, it can be a little nuts. Um, but when I pick out her clothes, she looks lovely. Um, and, and that's not, like, crazy. That's just true. <laughs> she doesn't really know how to dress in a way that looks like her yet. Um, you get older and you start picking your own clothes. Um, and you're like, no one else is going to dress me. I'm a grown adult. And that's great. We express ourselves through our clothes. Sure. That's amazing. Love clothes. Um, but there's a way of surrender when you tell God, you can, you can dress me. When I don't get it, when it doesn't feel comfortable, I'd rather be in sweats, but I will put on this. So this isn't, um, I think about like, Um, on a Sunday morning, like we've had a few conversations years ago with somebody who was like, well, I can't fake it if I'm upset. And I was like, okay, well, if your feelings are you, then yes, you can't fake it. But if your values are you, then I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm asking you to dig a little deeper and pull out and show on your face what you believe is true in your heart and not let the passing of today change it. Because that person, does that person still matter to you? Regardless of if you're tired or not feeling well. Okay, then smile. Say hi and get their number. I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm asking you to decide, do your values define you or do your feelings define you? Because that's what I'm going to wear on my face. So clothe yourself. But it's not always comfy, y'all. Pastor talked about the pastor pants. Did we talk about pastor pants? You don't, pastoring mood. Sorry, I say pastor pants. You said pastoring mood. Um, that we're not always in the pastoring mood. Like we're not always in the caring for people mood. But dress in the wardrobe God put out picked out for you because that clothes those clothes you'll start to adjust to that'll start to become your normal but I don't just want to pick what's comfy for me that day I want to pick the things he chose so this is about surrender and obedience and childlike faith of letting him choose not based on your feelings but based on what he has decided you are um be um the first one is okay so just in the wardrobe God picked out for you the first is compassion Um, this is something that I'm praying for right now Um, because just my real thoughts is like there's so many people with so many needs um, that I feel overwhelmed Um, and I feel a sense of like God I don't want to shut down my care because I don't feel like I can fulfill it Um, I don't want to limit what you can do through me because I don't know how I don't know how 
but I know that you're the one that when someone turns to you and says, we have thousands of people with no food, you're the one that says you feed them. And guys, if any leader said that to you, you would like be like, what a terrible leader. If you walked in and said like, okay, there's thousands of people, you would think that like, I mean, at least I would, maybe, maybe I shouldn't put this on you. If I walked to someone and said like, okay, there's thousands of people, it's about to be dinner time, we probably, I would think I was being wise. We should send them home, they should all get their food. And if that person said back to me, my leader said back to me, you feed them. I'd be like, <laughs> I don't think you have a clear sense of realism in this moment. Or maybe you can't see straight. Um, and thinking of Jesus saying that to me, and that this is the source of all life, it puts it in a different perspective. When he said you feed them, he meant you have all that you need. He didn't mean go fail. I think the, the problem is we hear something that feels impossible, and we hear I'm going to fail, I'm going to burn out, I'm going to have nothing left. And Jesus is saying you have all that you need. You feed them. And I was thinking of this spot, the compassion. I don't want to turn off compassion, but also in so many stories in Scripture, right before Jesus does a healing or a miracle, right beforehand, it says, and Jesus, moved by compassion, reached out and healed. It doesn't say he had to. It doesn't say it was duty. I can really, like, move on, like, this is the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it, and, and check my heart out at the door. Um, and so asking God to activate my heart to be broken, um, I have, like, I need, I need more. I'm not saying this to look good. I feel broken. I feel like my heart's not big enough right now, and I'm begging. Let's ask for more compassion. So this is how we fix our eyes, again, on the realities of heaven. Ask for his compassion. Ask for more compassion, and move with the compassion you've got. Move with what you've got now. Ask him, I, God, this is all I've got, so I'm going to move. Kindness. Um, I think sometimes we can tell stories of when we were tough or firm. I know, like, in my world is, like, teaching or I worked at Shadow Mountain in a psychiatric unit. Like, we told the stories of when we were tough and felt like a boss, like, over and over. And like, yeah, yeah, But, like, we want the stories of kindness. We want the stories of when someone came one way, because it's his grace that leads us to repentance, so how much more should his people be full of grace and kindness when it doesn't make sense? That when, like, when you feel that rage or that fire come at you, that you respond in a way that shifts it entirely, and where you're actually okay, like in this moment, you don't have to, you don't have to act right. I'm going to give you the kindness of God like someone gave me. And even if you don't get it, the God who sees everything will reward me. So we respond with kindness, always. Humility, quiet strength, discipline. Discipline is how, um, again, we make our identity about our values and not our feelings. It's the only way. Because in a moment, we're going to have lots of big dreams. I'm the queen of them all. I will tell Adrian, this is our new system, and then change it tomorrow. Um, but discipline is how the little things is how we build a big house. The little things every single day. It's how Noah built the ark. It's how they built the tabernacle when no one had seen it. It's little pieces, day by day, consistency, heading towards the same vision together. Discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place. Y'all, I think that is one of the keys for Christians. Um, I would just, that story of Jackie Rothline again, um, her way of serving her husband was she was putting the kids to bed, doing the food, cleaning up everything in the house, coming to serve so that he could come to guys' night tomorrow night. Put yourself in second place. 
be okay with it. The moment you feel less than and like all the attention is going somewhere else, rejoice, celebrate. It's the moment that God is the only one applauding you and how incredible. When other people are applaud you, that's awesome, but that's probably the majority of the reward you're going to get. When you do something over and over and over and you keep yourself at it because it's what you were called to do and not because you're getting affirmation, approval, or attention for it, that's the moment that builds you as the follower of Jesus Christ and that brings heaven to earth. Those are the stories I love, and those are the people that you look in their eyes and you're like, I want to be around you. I don't know why, but I want to be around you. And it's because behind them there's years of service that no one saw because they chose to do what they were called to do regardless of what, people, what other people saw. Um, quick to forgive an offense in the name of Jesus. All of us, we just need it. Um, Forgive us quickly and completely as the master forgave you. These are the things that fix us on the realities of heaven. If you hold on to an offense for even a day, y'all, your eyes are off heaven. Offense is the fastest way Satan gets our eyes off heaven onto us. And there's another spot where Paul actually says, um, like, I would rather you be taken advantage of. I hate it. Offense consumes me for days. Offense turns my eyes and I miss things. Offense is like the greatest weapon of the, of the enemy against amazing Christians. Because when he can't get you in all the other ways he tries to get you, he usually comes through with offense. We cannot have offense in this house. We cannot tolerate it. We cannot have it in our hearts. We have to root it out faster than any other sin. It is, it is the most quickly growing weed that takes out all life in the garden. Like, we cannot have offense. Forgive us quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose gar- garment. Never be without it and let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Um, and if I haven't even said it yet, but woven throughout this, my heart is that we would hear we protect unity. I feel that so strongly for our house. And we're incredibly intense about we protect unity. This, um, this word peace, um, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. I was so surprised because I would have expected let the love keep you in tune with each other. Um, peace comes from the root word um, Irene, um, which means tied together, joined together in wholeness. All the, par- all the essential parts are together. Uh, this is the body of Christ. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is peace comes when there's unity and when everyone is tied together and joined together as one and moving together in step. This is the strength of our house. Um, I was talking to Adrienne because we, you know, we're just talking about lots of things. But um, one of the things we were talking about is um, I, there's when people ask about ministries, um, what, what are your ministries, what are your organizations, what are these things? Um, and Adrian and I were talking, and I was like, the main attraction of our house is the fa- that we are the family of God. We are the house of God. We choose to be the church first and not an organization. Um, we choose to be a family first, and then out of that comes naturally, organically, out of the outpouring of the family and unity, the things that we are called to. Um, 
our main attraction, our main purpose. We are his family bound together in unity and we will come pour out of that but we worship him and we do life together and when I read the scripture there is nothing closer to the heart of Jesus Christ when he planted um, the church and it comes from letting the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and in step with each other even when it means dying to self, laying down your dreams, being content with second place. Now, when I say laying down your dreams, I don't mean don't dream. I mean have every dream and every desire, lay it down at his feet and say, I trust you with it, you'll give it back when you're ready. So I'm going to pray over us. But, but one, I want to I wanna remind us of just like you're chosen and we are chosen and we are trusted with one of the most beautiful visions, with heaven coming to earth here, with the most incredible leaders and the most incredible team. And regardless of what we encounter, and I know we have a lot of life that we're encountering, we can't keep our eyes off. Heaven's coming to earth right now, and we're not gonna miss it, and we're a part of it, and we're a vital part of it. And so do what's in your hands. If it's cleaning, do what's in your hands. If it's kids, do what's in your hands. If it's one person, one coffee, one connect group, do what's in your hands and fix your eyes on the realities of heaven. Because look around at this team, and there's so many more. This is the best team. And we're doing this together. We can. We will. And there are bigger dreams and visions. So let God wash through you, change you, and then let's see him change this world. Okay, I'm going to pray, and we're going to go. Father God, love you. We ask for more of you, God. Open our hearts, widen our hearts, expand our hearts, expand our vision. Pray for your anointing, God. I pray for your Holy Spirit, God. I pray for your energy. I pray for your strength. I pray for your truth. I pray for your love. I pray for your joy. I pray for your revelation. I pray for your fire, God. I pray for your boldness, God, over every single person here, God. May we be bold, speak quickly, and not wait, God. May we not sit on the sidelines, but may we want to be in the game and pour it all out and know that the next day there will be more and there will be more and there will be more and God I pray for the heart to pray bigger prayers than ever before and say yes I will be a part of it I don't see how but I will be a part of it God bless this house we are your yours fill us in Jesus name we pray amen